Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by allsteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm your host, Noah Strackman, joined every Monday and Wednesday. We're back on schedule now with my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're diving into Tomlin Tuesday. Stephen was one of possibly three people that were there. We don't know because everybody was driving back from Indy. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, Matt Canada. Matt Canada possibly saving his job. It's a gloomy day here in the Berg. It's okay. I I avoided the bad weather driving back. Um, Before we get into Tomlin Tuesday and before I ask you how you are, as always, I got to tell you that I stopped at this place in Indiana yesterday. Okay. It was called the Warm Glow. And I told the lady that I'd give her a shout out on this podcast because it was this giant Christmas tree shop that had a little, a little like diner in it or something. I ate food there. It was phenomenal food. The Christmas tree shop was sick. I wish I had a candle sitting here. The candles are this big, dude. They're ginormous. They look like a slab of pancakes on top of each other. And they were like 10 bucks. It was amazing. I bought like 12 of them. Um, I actually did. I spent $170 Hell yeah. at a Christmas tree shop. Um, it was amazing. So shout out to Warm Glow. I think it is. It's right mm-hmm. off the. Uh, Do you know what town it is? Highway. No, no idea. Middle of nowhere, Indiana. Like mid, you, there is nothing within miles. I actually missed the exit because I told myself <laughs> going there that I was going to stop on the way back. Mm-hmm. Missed the exit. So I had to go to the next exit, which was nine miles away. Got off that exit. I had to turn around, come back. There's not a soul anywhere near this place but it was bumping there was hella people there and it was a monday afternoon Mm -hmm. tuesday afternoon so shout out them i I got like some pulled pork or something that was phenomenal too the ladies were awesome Mm -hmm. um so shout out warm glove but uh you know a little gloomy how you feeling my friend uh feeling good yeah i feel like you're invoking some i don't know we're gonna get like a bunch of angry comments now that you're talking about matt canada might be able to (laughs) save his job but yeah no it's um it is a gloomy day, but after a win, feeling a little bit better, I guess. Oh yeah, it it is a win. You know, you uh, you always feel better on the week of a win. Although I felt like this win was rather boring. You know, like maybe really? it was because it was the night game. Maybe it was because nothing like crazy happened. But there was just like nothing to talk about afterwards. What was there to talk about besides, you know, it's like oh, Kenny Pickett looks like. The future of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was awesome. That was cool. But I felt like that was a conversation that, you know, we, we've we kind of had before, back and forth. It just solidified it. And then besides that, it was just like, oh, well, well nothing else happened. Well, I mean, there was the fact that this team put up their second highest, like, scoring output of the season. Um, True. There was Kenny Pickett leading a game-winning fourth-quarter drive. There was two backup running backs carrying the load and still, like, rushing for over 100 yards. Yeah, true. I, I guess it was... was- there was, was stuff. There, there was stuff. stuff. There was definitely stuff. I don't know. I just felt like like yesterday driving home, I was trying to listen to like, you know, local podcasts and stuff mm-hmm. like that just to 
you know, check in on everything. And it just felt like there was just like nothing. Like people were just like grabbing bits and pieces, kind of like we're doing here. Like, like we're about to talk about Matt Canada mm-hmm. possibly saving his job, which I think is a very relevant conversation to have and an important one to have because I've said this before that I'm not going to guarantee that Matt Canada is gone at the end of the season because I've heard that that even before Kenny Pickett was good, that wasn't always on the table. But I think that they're just like, it just felt like it felt very dull. I don't know. I don't know. It could also be the fact that I'm running off of two and a half hours of sleep in the last yeah. 48 hours. Yeah. You know? I was going to say that might have more to do with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're a little bit, we're, we're borderline hallucinating here. It's <laughs> fine. I've been drinking nothing but coffee, but this is uh this is the life, you know? So we're, we're living well. Um, Let's, let's start with talking about Mike Tomlin. I, first question I got to ask, cause we didn't have time. I didn't have time to ask you before we jumped on here. Were you the only one at the Tomlin press conference? No, there were good. There were a good amount of people there. Um, there's some people from local TV. Jeff Athorn was there. Chris Carter. Oh, Jeff. Um, of course, the, Jeff is there. Jeff could have went to Indiana. He'd still be there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He definitely would have. Um, Tim Benz and and Buzz were there. Uh, Corey was there. There's there's a good crowd. Was the uh, was the I don't even know what to call him. Was Mike Tomlin's favorite reporter in the room he was not as best i can tell at least didn't didn't seem to ask a question so if he was there i I, that's what i thought about the second that i heard mike say i haven't slept my first react my first thought was i pray that that guy's not in the room right now like i pray that that guy's not in the room because mike doesn't deserve that you know what i mean nobody needs to Mm want to fight somebody off of no hours of sleep or answer ridiculous questions or get told that somebody sucks um, and then my second thought was, well, Kenny had a good game and he didn't get sacked a bunch of times. So what's there know, to even ask about? Yeah, him? there's nothing to ask about. The guy can't be like, well, the guy, he's getting the hell beat out of him. No, yeah. he can't. He's not allowed to do that anymore. Um, what were your takeaways from Tomlin? You you were, like you said, you were one of a couple of people there. Um, but for most of us, we, we didn't really get to dive into everything that Tomlin said. Yeah, so. Uh, you know, you can kind of lead off with the injuries that he talked about. So he has no update on Najee yet. Um, the timetable was just kind of too short to give us anything of substance on him. Um, there were also kind of some minor kind of bumps and bruises that he talked about with uh, TJ Watt, Larry O, uh, Miles Jack, and Minka. And I thought it was just interesting that he, given the short week, Mike acknowledged that they were the kind of minor injuries and that they didn't expect them to miss any time, but that it would affect how these guys would practice this week going into the Atlanta game. Um, And you just think about Atlanta physical kind of running team. There's, yeah, there's going to be some part of them that really wants to keep them fresh and kind of limit those, those hits or any physical kind of wear on those guys that he'll, he'll put on them this week. Um, So I thought that was notable first of all. Um, But like, you know, getting into more substantive things like we just talked about Kenny and kind of how he had a pretty good game. Um, there was that, uh, you know, you talked that you heard from Mason Cole after the game about how Kenny called that last play um, yeah. that that scored the that scored the winning touchdown. Um, and Mike was asked about that and talked a little bit more about how Kenny is kind of growing within the offense and not just, and how it's kind of showing up, not just with his, his physical play, like the throws and the runs that he's making, but um, in his play selection and just in the voice that he's finding uh, 
in you know when the Steelers are calling plays or whatever, he knows more about what he likes and what works for the offense and what um I don't know. He just has I, I think a better command over that over that playbook. Um that Mike says come with time. You know, that's just kind of how it works when you're a rookie quarterback making your first few starts. It it just kind of comes with time. But to kind of see it arrive and have see and listen to them talk about it in that way makes it uh has to give you a little bit of confidence and make you feel like this guy is sort of here now, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely feel that. I definitely like to see Kenny Pickett. And we talked about that yesterday. Like, Kenny Pickett finally getting control of what's going on felt good. And it, it kind of felt like the craziest part about this, and you said that, like, he's finally getting control of the playbook. He's able to do these things, have this say. I don't, Do you think that we'd be here in the same situation, like what Mitch Trubisky calling a game-winning run? if he was still the quarterback, because that was the biggest issue is like Mitch was an eight year veteran. And we sat on here and talked about how he wasn't allowed to call audibles because it was a new, it was a new quarterback. Well, now there's a rookie quarterback. He's played eight games and in his eighth game. He's going up to the coaches and saying, Hey, let's run this because it's going to work. And then it works. Yeah. You know, do you think that we'd be here if it was Trubisky? I, I, I can't say I have a ton of faith that we would have. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, if if Mitch couldn't audible plays when he was starting, then I, I'm not sure where, I'm not sure what he would have done to have shown them that hey, he yeah. can do that. But it's also that was like the that was the most ridiculous thing I think when I first heard that. Like, oh yeah, M- Mitch should have been able to make his own checks at the line. Like, Mitch is not a moron. Like he, no, he's, he's a six-year veteran, right? He, and he's like he's done this before. He like he is called some pretty successful offenses. Like I know his own play has been kind of up and down, but Mitch is not stupid. Like he, he knows how to, how to call an offense. So I thought that was the weirdest thing in the world when he wasn't allowed to make those same checks at the line. Um, yeah. And Kenny is. Yeah. yeah I, I don't, agree. I don't know if I was Mitch, I'd be a little. I agree. PO'd, like listening, listening to this about how Kenny's making all these great calls. And while I had to, I had to follow the, the lead of everyone else. Oh yeah. And act like a scapegoat. You know, Mitch has definitely got the short end of the stick. I mean, that's a whole other conversation of how the Steelers pretty much ended Mitch Trubisky's career, possibly, which is a terrible thing to do. Um, when it comes to the running backs, do you, you saw, I, I read your piece yesterday on Benny Snell, not getting more touches than normal. Is that more of a, you think Jalen Warren's coming back this week or, you know, they're and they're just going to stick to a two running back system or, you know, Tomlin kind of made that clear. Yeah, I, I think so. What I took away from it was that, uh, you know, you watch Benny Snell run yesterday and it's it's like, oh, maybe this guy has earned a, a bit more snaps in the backfield. Uh, he's running really well. He looks really good. Um, you know, why not? But uh, Mike was pretty clear that he was in there because Najee and Jalen were hurt. Um, yeah. You know, not because of any kind of change in the distribution of, of snaps or anything like that. Um, but I think I kind of took away from it that they're more optimistic on Najee's injury than, uh, than anything else. I think if Najee was further from being back, they would have said, Oh yeah. You know, uh, Benny's played himself into a, a bigger role like this is you know we like what he brings we've always liked what he brings this is this is what he do um this is what he does uh but i think the fact that they were 
very clear about Benny was in there because we needed him. Um, I, that that just made me think that Najee's a little bit closer to being back and that they don't expect a full kind of workload like that from Benny again for another week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last thing I wanted to ask about is uh, James Pierre. What was the – because me and you had a little bit of a, a different thought on how the Steelers should approach their cornerback situation. Was there – I heard him talk a little bit about James. Um, I won't lie to you. I was digging in on a pulled pork sandwich as Mike Tomlin <laughs> was talking. Um, did, do you expect that to stay the same with that three-man rotation or do you expect things to change? No, I think they I think they like James. Um I think Mike went out of his way to talk about um just how good James has been and how far James has kind of come along since the beginning of the year in training camp. Um and you know, I think they value kind of the experience he has in the system. Um and when the guys rolling out there and making intercept like making real key interceptions in, in big time games, like that's a hard guy to keep on the bench. Um, I don't think this is, I don't know. I, and the other thing is, I think he likes Arthur Millette too. Like, I think he, oh, I he know. does like Arthur Millette, but Arthur Millette's valuable with what he does, you know, mm-hmm. like coming in and blowing up a run game. That's mm-hmm. Arthur Millette's job. And I think he should remain that way, but you can't put up like, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals lined up three different receivers and sent every single one of them after Millette and threw the ball to every single one of them. Every time they were on Millette. Mm-hmm. And you just can't you can't do that. Like he's such a liability in in coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do get the vibe that he likes both of them. It's just more of like what way they'll go. Atlanta's more of a running team, so I would expect Millette to play a little bit more than mm-hmm. James Pierre. Especially like I can't even is Drake London playing? Is he back from injury? Wasn't he hurt for a little while? Um, I think he is. Um, I can't name another wide receiver in Atlanta. I I just I got no none of them. Yeah. Um. Just to continue talking about the cornerbacks here before we get into Matt Canada, when is William Jackson available to come back? Uh, this would be this would be week four, I believe. This would be week four, the fourth game mm-hmm. that he'd miss. So he'd be mm-hmm. available to come back next week. Um, I won't lie. I'm very skeptical on whether or not William Jackson will actually play for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. I, I expect him to come back. He's told me that he expects to come back. He also told me that he didn't expect to go on IR. So I don't know what to believe there or how much say he actually has. You know, he's also jumping on a moving train and he's got to learn the playbook. I just feel like that's a lot going on for a guy who spent the last four weeks sitting around, you know, rehabbing unable because you got to remember guys on IR aren't able to practice. So it's not like they're like out there working through the system and getting acclimated and everything. And then when they come back, they're ready to go. They're standing on the sidelines. A lot of them disappear for time to time for days at a time because they're just rehabbing and doing their own thing, um, kind of just studying the playbook. So you you could uh I don't know, you you could remain very optim or uh, skeptical about William Jackson's availability this year because that's how I'm approaching the whole thing. All right, Tomlin uh gave us a lot. I like that. Matt Canada, it, it, this conversation is gonna give us a little bit more. I'm very excited about it, but first. We got a word from our boys over at Manscaped. It's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or the friend in your pants, you can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the Lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top of the line shower products to have the people thinking, All I want for Christmas is you. 
Santa cares about a sack, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and using our code STEALERS20 for free shipping and 20% off. The Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything you need to help deck the halls from face to balls just in time for mistletoe season. The Platinum Package has each product from the best-selling performance package plus the ultra-premium body wash, ultra-premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner, and ultra-premium deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. There's a 4,000K LED light on it so you can light the way just like Rudolph. And now that you've groomed your candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Package shower products. All of Manscaped shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop in the shower. The Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray can solve stank problems all day long. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put another to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect stocking stuffer, add in the brand new body buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy and a lot cleaner than that old loofah. Get 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and just use our code STEALERS20. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. All right, let's talk. Matt Canada, Kenny Pickett. There's a lot of opinions out there. I'm going to start by saying this. I have been told by a lot a lot of people, like more people than I should have been told by this about, I feel like they're just like dropping the nugget to let everybody know at this point, that Matt Canada, most likely, it has not been confirmed, However, it's it's been most likely has another deal left on his contract, and that is a very reasonable thought to think. And this is this is from direct sources, multiple direct sources. It is a very good thought to think that the Steelers have plans to keep him for next season. Now, coming into Indiana, I would have thought never in a million years because how bad this group is. You cannot fix it. And they know that, and they'd understand that they'd have to put a new offensive coordinator and their pride under Kenny Pickett's development. That has to stay top of the list. But if Kenny keeps playing good and the Steelers keep winning, at least a couple of games, winnable games, do you think that Matt Canada survives this season and somehow crawls his way into 2023? Yes, and I I don't think it's what everyone wants to hear, but I think it's more more likely that he returns that he doesn't. Um, I guess your sources can kind of confirm that. But I don't know. Like, the results kind of speak for itself. Like, if we were going to be as, as pissed off at them for averaging, you know, 20 points or whatever through the first four, five, six weeks or whatever, you got to be a little bit excited that they've scored 30 and then 24 in back-to-back weeks. And yep. look pretty good while doing it. Um, I don't know. Like, it's a little weird. It's, you know, I do question a little bit how they just 
kid high gear all of a sudden or not high gear but you know a better gear um all of a sudden like i don't know if they're doing a whole lot of things very differently but they look better like they are running the ball more effectively they're you know kenny is he's moving the ball more effectively with his arm and making those those big plays on important downs and and throwing down the fields um they look and feel different there's a different energy about it and they seem more confident i don't i if this keeps up like i i wouldn't feel as uncomfortable with keeping matt canada as i would have before we like you know three weeks ago or whatever yeah it, it's weird to see the transition and what start talking about what comes with the transition because I agree with you. I don't think a lot has changed schematically. I think that it's all a lot of the same stuff. It's just working, which is crazy because if you listen to Matt Canada all season long, all he kept saying was, well, we're just going to keep working and eventually it's going to work. Eventually it's going to work. Eventually it's going to work. And you know, as much as I don't want to, like I'll be the first one to admit I'm wrong. If it, if it, continues to work but it's it's working and nothing's changed like you you look through there's a lot of people i get tagged on twitter five times a game i get text messages all the time from people hey you think this is matt canada calling this offense hey when do you think matt canada stopped calling the place matt canada is calling the place this is matt canada's offense nothing has changed you look at the plays like go back and watch the film and really dive into each play and then go watch film from week two week three it's the same stuff. There's different variations of things, and he is utilizing the middle of the field a lot better than he used to, but it's a lot of the same stuff. And, I mean, at this point, you just got to question, like, did it did, just did it work? Did things start working? And, and you also have to think all of the players, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, eh, not really Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, everybody said Mason Cole. Everybody said, it's us. It's the players. It is not the coaching staff. It is the players. And mm-hmm. and they all, you know, dropped a little bit of things here. I think Chase Claypool was the one who dropped the most things. And, uh, well, there he goes. Maybe they were just right. Maybe, maybe they were right. How good does it have to get, though? You know what I mean? Like, how four and seven isn't going to, it's not going to, it's not, four wins isn't going to keep your, your job. You know, how many times you got to win before the end of the season? Or how many times you have to put up, 25 plus points before the end of the season for it to be like, oh, okay, well, he's coming back. Um, honestly, not that I, I don't think the, I don't think he needs to do that much. Uh, quite honestly, like I think he could, I think if they average like North of 20 points for the rest of the year, including these past two games, they can keep it above that. I, I don't see why. And as long as we keep seeing kind of the same stuff from Kenny, um, the came, same kind of gradual, like upward trajectory, you know, I think that I think those two kind of things intent, like, I think Kenny looking good has more to do with whether or not Canada sticks around than if they start scoring oh, yeah. a bunch of points. Um, cause again, this is like a flawed unit, like there's no point up to, I guess like their struggles were entirely on Matt Canada. So I don't think they have super like unrealistic expectations about what what Matt can do with that group um, or what that group can do with Matt. But I think as long as they see this team continue to make progress, Matt's going to Matt's going to find himself in the same position next year.
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just, and it's like crazy to think about. It's crazy to like tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to talk to Matt Canada. And for the first time all season, we're going to talk to Matt Canada with the mindset of we're going to have to, we're going to have to talk to this guy for the next 365 days plus. Whereas in a week ago, it was, all right, we got what, seven more weeks mm-hmm. of talking to Matt Canada before we never have to talk to Matt Canada again. It, it is just, it's, it's crazy to think about. It's great. And I will be the first person to admit that if it does happen, I, I mean, I'm, I was wrong. You know, I was wrong if it does turn around, but at the same time, like you said, Kenny Pickett's development plays a huge role into this and it does play a huge role into this, but like, does Kenny Pickett just getting good justify keeping an offensive coordinator that you don't feel really good about? Like, didn't you expect Kenny Pickett to get good at some point? as it is, it's not like he's like throwing for 400, 500 yards. He's just not stinking at this point. And, you know, isn't that like, wasn't that expected to a degree? Yeah, but it was expected. Then you saw him throw two interceptions a game and now he's not doing that anymore. You know, like he wasn't like, I don't think we can just chalk it all up to the like mystical powers of Kenny Pickett's talent, making him automatically a I don't think that's how it works either. Um, you know, I think there's something to be said for the, the relationship that Kenny and Matt have. Um, I think there's something to be said for that point that you mentioned earlier about how none of the players really like hated Matt Canada, I think, as much as everyone else did. Um, or at least they didn't no. say that publicly. Um, yeah, no, no, definitely not. It was the, the fan hatred, the yeah. media hatred the player hatred. Right. And I think we just, I, yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. I, I do think you can, I don't think you can ignore that things have gotten better. And I don't think that was just random. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, and again, like, I'm just going to keep using the word crazy. Like it doesn't make any sense to me to sit here and say, well, Matt Canada is going to keep his job, but I truly, truly believe that he was going to keep his job. Do you do you believe that that would have been the case either way? Like, do you think that we would have had to have this discussion at some point of, well, Matt Canada is sticking around and then we'd have to that we'd have to fend off or really agree with, but fend off seven billion fans who were ready to murder Mike Tomlin because of what he did this and now now we don't like do you think that we would have had to sit here and do it either way no i don't i don't think so like i think he was if you had asked me three or four weeks ago i would have said yes he's he's on his way out like things had just gotten so bad and weren't getting any better um and that's the the big part is that they weren't getting any better but he's really turning this ship around or made like I part wouldn't say, let's a, not say, let's not say part of a, around. He's yeah. made part of a turnaround. Like they're, you know, he's starting gotten, to, he's starting to, but yeah. you gotta like, he's, he's so you starting watch. to, but he's got a lot of, and, and it could be viewed both ways. Like he's got a lot of guys like George Pickens is coming alive. Pat Fryermuth is coming alive. Kenny Pickett is coming alive. Najee Harris is coming alive. You know, maybe and and in one hand, you could look at that and go, well, none of these guys were alive, so everything should have stunk. And at the other hand, you could say, well, you know, why did they stink? Why were they not 
You know, it's not like George Pickens is like suddenly good. And we were like, who, where did this come from? Like the guy was a, a all pro in training camp. He was the, you could have handed that guy an MVP in June. Half of Pittsburgh would have been like, yep, that's that that's the right call right there. Easy. And it just took, it took forever. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, just, maybe, maybe that's our own fault, you know? It, like maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Like, were, yeah. Like maybe our own expectations for this group, which again, young and super flawed. Maybe they were kind of misplaced. Um, maybe they were. And maybe. So, like you said, maybe we've all got to eat a little bit of crow for how Matt Canada's done. And again, like we don't want to be victims of the moment. Like exactly. Matt's got a long before he, you know, earns the love of this entire city and the fan base and all oh. that. But do you think he the ever signs will? are there that things are good? Do you think he? Do you uh, think there will ever be a moment where fans actually like Matt Canada? A majority of fans? No, because I think no one likes their offensive coordinator. Like, unless you're, I don't know, unless like Andy Reid or I was gonna say the Chiefs love calling. their offensive coordinator so much yeah. that I'm I don't know what they've done to other coaching staffs to not let him get a head coaching job. That's how much they love that offensive coordinator. Yeah, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's can you name anyone else who's like. Like even when, even when like Josh McDaniels was scoring all those points with Tom Brady and the Patriots, no one liked Josh McDaniels. Everyone thought Josh McDaniels was like holding that team back. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe that's the thing. Maybe people just don't like offensive coordinators. Nobody's ever liked an offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. And and to the point of like, like people will bring up and people drop them in our comments all the time. And you know, much respect to them, but constantly bring back Todd Haley, bring back Bruce Arians. When Bruce Arians and Todd Haley were here, people hate, especially Todd Haley, especially Todd Haley. Did people hate Todd Haley? Like if him and Ben got into a fist fight, the entire city of Pittsburgh would have beaten Todd Haley to a pulp. That's how much they hated Todd Haley because Ben hated Todd Haley. Now it's going to be Matt Canada. Like that's going to be the same thing. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, you might be right. Like you might be right that that's just like the position you are always going to be hated. Would never want to take that position. I mean, granted, that's our job currently, but I I just I feel like it's on a much higher scale. If you're the offensive coordinator, there's also a lot of people talking about Ben Roethlisberger, and I think this is a good way to wrap this up. There's a lot of people talking about Big Ben Roethlisberger's distaste for Matt Canada. And I think that it's justified. Obviously, he's Ben Roethlisberger. He's a future Hall of Famer. But you look at Ben Roethlisberger's past and his entire journey through the NFL. There was one offensive coordinator that Matt, that Ben Roethlisberger was a big fan of. His name was Randy Feekner. And Randy Feekner allowed Ben to do whatever the hell he wanted to do at all times. And that's why Ben loved Randy Feekner. And people hated Randy Feekner. Hated him. So, I, you know, as much as I think Ben should be allowed to explain why he doesn't trust these guys because he is a future Hall of Fame quarterback. I just, you know, I got you got to take that with a grain of salt and understand that like if Stefan Curry had a coach that tried to teach him how to play basketball, he'd be or how to change up how he plays basketball, he'd be pissed. Like he would not like that coach at all. Whereas in, if I walked onto a basketball court and I had a, a coach that was like, yeah, just do whatever you want. I would have no idea what I'm doing. You need an offensive coordinator that actually does things. I don't, I think Matt wanted to implement his offense 
Ben wanted to stick with his offense. It didn't work out. And now it's, uh, you know. Yeah. I also just, I, I don't, I don't care quite honestly what what ben has to say like for that exact reason like yeah he was in a much different situation when matt was his offensive coordinator like this oh, is not yeah. this team is not in the same place and i don't i don't know yeah. like ben's ben, ben was like ben was ben doesn't like a lot of people stroke. i don't yeah he was at the last stroke of his career and and granted it was on it was on matt canada he should have formed an offense for ben like easy but he had no offensive line. He had he didn't have a quarterback that could run. Like he he tried his he, he he did. At times you have to acknowledge that like if they actually did try to run a Ben Roethlisberger styled offense, they would have lost a lot of games, like a lot of games because Ben wouldn't have had it in him. And, and it's just like that's a tough analysis to make. That being said, you know I still blamed Matt Canada for all of last season. I thought he was a terrible offensive coordinator last season. I think he's a terrible offensive coordinator now. That being said, here we are, and you know, just trying to be unbiased. I think that we're going to end this podcast by saying I'm pretty positive that Matt Canada is going to be back next season, and people aren't going to be happy to see that. But it's what it is. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I know this is not what you wanted to hear, but it's how we're starting the day off. Go enjoy your day. Get ready for the Atlanta Falcons. Make sure to subscribe to us on youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Find us anywhere you get your audio podcasts and find all mine and Steven's work at all Steelers.com. I will be back later with a live stream. Steven's midweek report drops tomorrow, and then I'll be back on Friday with Derek. Peace. <laughs>